What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Matt Clemente on the line. He's got one hell of a keto transformation, so I can't wait to flesh that out. Without further ado, how are you, man? Hey, hey, thank you, Robert. Thank you so much for having me on this. I'm real excited. Big fan. Hey, I'm absolutely excited to have on you on here as well, man. I think anytime I can bring somebody on that's just totally turned their life around with keto, it's it's cool for me to be able to hear their story, but then it's cool for other people that, you know, can can relate or maybe not even relate, but they know somebody that could. I mean, it's just it's just cool to bring the community to the forefront of our minds and just hear the individual's story and the standpoint because that's what it's all about. And it's, uh, I'll tell you, it's one of the most amazing things, I think, for me. You know, it's hard enough to lose weight. It's hard enough to um, sustainably lose weight. But the the community, like you said, has been the biggest thing, right? I mean, it's it's absolutely awesome between yourself, uh, you know, it's all the influencers on Instagram and other areas of social media. I mean, the, the community does stay really tight. I think it's just so key. And it's been a big, big benefit for me. I, I you know, never stop learning from you guys. So it's been, it's been absolutely awesome. And I love the community here. I appreciate it, man. So, so give give the community a little little bio on you, kind of what what brings you to the space, where you're coming from, where you're at now. Just kind of talk to us about you. Yeah, sure. So, um, I've been in this keto area for about two and a half years. So, um, I came from a corporate background. Uh, I've been an IT nerd most of my life, uh, well, pretty much all of my life. Um, but ended up, you know, slowly over time between kids, work stress, life stress going up the ladder from 200 pounds and saying, all right, I probably got to start to lose a little bit of weight. And then maybe, you know, tried a couple things and maybe lost 10 pounds, typically then gained back 10, 15 pounds. Life kept going on. You know, you didn't notice all of a sudden my shirts fit smaller, but I thought, ah, maybe it's, you know, the, the wash is, you know, my wife's running the wash a little bit too warm and it's shrinking my shirts. And then time yeah. goes on. You know, you start having kids, you start having life stress, and then before you know it, man, 250 happens, and then you say, I'm going to start my diet after the holidays. By that point, you're 275, and then, you know, you're, it's, you know, well, then it's Tuesday, it's somebody's birthday, or somebody in the office brings in something, you say, all right, you know what, I'll start on next Monday, I'll start my workout, or start my, my diet, or my program, and that day just kept going, kept going until I got up to a little over 417 pounds. I'd go from 415 to 420. Um, I wasn't quite 40 yet. Um, I was working insane amount of hours, sleeping three to four hours a week, and just totally eating off the charts. I mean, I would eat, you know, it wasn't like I was just eating all the time. It was just what I was eating. I didn't look at anything. I didn't care about it. It was just eat, eat, eat. And I grew up in a family uh, much like a lot of folks here in America and the States where, um, you know, you celebrate, you mourn, you whatever around the table. So we'd go out to eat if it was the kid's birthday to celebrate your report cards to, you know, somebody passes away, you, you know, it was all surrounded by food. So, you know, over that time I got to 417, um, and I literally was, I, you know, on the, the had hypertension, um, obviously anxiety that goes with that super low energy, my body was falling apart. And I thought, you know, the only option that I have is bariatric surgery. So I started um, working with the Duke uh, Center, going down the process for bariatric surgery. And, uh, you know, against all of the uh, support of my friends and family said, don't do it, don't do it. There's other options. I used to joke around um, quite often about, I'll start, I really will take this seriously when my knees start to buckle. 
And then till actually my knees started to buckle, I literally started having like joint pains and issues with my knees going up and down the stairs. Really all the exercise I would do, and I joke about it all the time, I'd like roll down the stairs to go get coffee on the Kerrig machine and then kind of roll mm-hmm. myself back upstairs. And that was like the extent, man, of, of the the exercise I was doing, you know, just out of breath all the time. And, and I really honestly didn't think I was going to make it to 45. I, I really, yeah, uh, truly did think, and I, I've said this to some of my close fat friends and family, said, you know, I kind of set things up um, to make sure I had life insurance early on and things like that because I just didn't think I was going to make it. There's, I was between the stress and weight um, and strain on my body and health. I just did not think I was going to be around for that long. Uh, and I've got two teenage girls and a beautiful wife. Uh, and so, um, you know, that time came where I knew I had to do something. Before we dive into that, the, 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 the turnaround, I really want to kind of dive into psychology real quick. So, what what is like going through your mind what what is what is the mentality like when you have convinced yourself that like you're you're going to die you know but before you turn 45 and you're like already you know setting up life insurance and and kind of getting things in order to like prepare for that because you're convinced it's going to happen like what is that like, are you, are you okay with it? Like, how's that, how's yeah, that it's, happen? You know, it's head? one of those, almost like a subconscious thing, right? I, I think, honestly, it was one of those things where you get in zombie mode and you get in autopilot mode. I mean, by that point, when you're that heavy, um, from a mental perspective, you almost feel ghosted, right, in general. Um, you're, you're a sh- you want to be in the background, right, because you're out of shape. Your clothes never feel right. You don't feel right. Um, I was in a big position. I was executive vice president at a cloud computing company. I was over a whole global operations division. Um, so I was in the forefront from a management leadership perspective. But from a life perspective, you take that back seat and, and truly you go into autopilot mode. You, you are not, you know, intentionally, I'm not thinking, you know, I got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this um, to get everything ready. But as I look back you know, in retrospect, I can see. I was doing those things. I was setting up, you know, life insurance policies, worried about my health, thinking, gosh, you know, I I don't know, you know, one of these days at my desk, I'm just going to fall over or, you know, I'm going to have, you know, fall, go to sleep at night and not wake up the next morning. Those little things that now is really scary to me um, at the time were almost natural second thoughts uh, that was just part of it. And I've always been a lighthearted guy, very easygoing guy. Um, uh, stress was really one of those things I could either internalize or let it kind of flip off my shoulder um, pretty easily. But it is, it was a pretty serious thing. Now that I look back at it, you know, it was a pretty dark, dark area that I, I didn't even realize. And that's why um, one of the, the key things I think um, in this, and, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it's not just a fitness or nutrition journey, but there's a mental emotional part um, to break uh, the cycle, um, break the cycle mm-hmm. and make this thing sustainable um, for a healthy lifestyle. It's more than just nutrition. So um, I don't know if that answers your question totally, but that's that's kind of where I was. It really was a feeling of being a ghost in the background. I think a lot of people I talk to uh, online have that feeling as well. They get to that point in life where you just, you're so heavy, you're so out of shape, you almost just get behind the scenes and fill in the shadow. And um, so it was de- definitely not a great place to be. I. Uh... I mean, that's I don't I don't want to get too personal or anything unless unless you want to want to take it that way. But like for me, I mean, I, I've been definitely out of shape when I, I got up to like two hundred thirty pounds, and I was I'm only five seven, so I was I was pretty fat. Um, but I'd love to kind of like just dive into like like tug at people's heartstrings for a moment here. Like, what are some things that that one that has never been that heavy may not ever even 
be able to relate to? Like, what were some like embarrassing moments that really just made you feel like something's got to change? Oh, and I'll tell you this from both an embarrassing moment, but also things that to think about um, for those who are, are thinking about losing weight, because I think it works both ways. And, and it actually was some of the biggest things that kept me motivated and going as well. But things such as uh, going just on a simple trip. So, so obviously, um, being executive, uh, I would travel. Um, and, you know, I had some things with uh, that would prevent me from traveling, but from time to time, I, I had to travel and, and getting in that airplane seat. Um, and not having the belt clip, um, you know, that is an, a, f- a feeling for anybody. Um, it's general embarrassment. Um, I used to dread it, you know, sit there and dread it. And then not only would I dread the actual part of actually sitting in the seat, but then obviously you feel for the people next to you, right? A lot of people think, oh, big people are, are, are selfish or whatever. No, I, I would sit flying to Germany with my elbows tucked in as hard as I could for all those hours in the plane. Um, just sitting there because I didn't want to be spilling over on the person to the left and the right to me. Those poor people had to sit there <laughs> with me. <laughs> so, you know, they didn't know me from anything. And, and here I am spilling over on them. The other parts are the stuff that really, really hurts. And, and the part that, that I really uh, regret wasting life on um, is stuff like going to Disney, right? You go there, they're a really family friendly place. I'll say actually uh, out of a lot of places I've been, a lot of their stuff is oversized, but you're five seven. I'm five nine, so I'm not much. I'm not much taller than you, and I was four hundred and fifteen pounds. So sitting in a seat uh, and not being able to go on that ride with your kids, and 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 being having to tell them, hey, you guys go go ahead with you know go ahead with with, with you know your stepmom, or you know go ahead with your cousins because I couldn't get in the seat and I knew I wouldn't be able to fit in the seat. Those are really mm-hmm. hard, right? Those are things that stick with you. Um, the other things I would say. Uh, on the same token, or you know, you get you get into the, the point where seeing old friends, seeing people you've seen, going through the dieting roller coaster is a really difficult thing. People don't realize what shame you have when you do lose weight and you gain all that weight back, and and just having to face people after you know you've seen progress. It's always a very um, you know positive negative thing, and that's where a lot of the extremes come into. Uh, this, the, the horrible cycle of dieting. And that's why I try not to even consider this a diet, um, the keto program, the low carb, high fi- uh, fat lifestyle. Um, because when you get into that dieting roller coaster, seeing people when you've lost weight and then seeing them again when you've gained it all back, and then usually gain some and then some is a very difficult thing. And you tend to retreat even more uh, and become a little bit more reclusive. And that, make, that makes sense, man. Like, I think, you know, a lot of people, like we're all people, right? So we all, we all have you know, demons inside, so oh, to speak. Yeah. And it's, it's um like, I, I want to be able to put myself in, in, you know, your shoes and you're at that point or like, like I've got clients that, you know, are very heavy and need to lose a lot of weight. So I want to be able to just relate with them on a personal level, even though I may not have ever reached that weight myself, but being able to respect, and understand where it's coming from, I think is key. And I think we all, you know, it's interesting. It's not even, you don't have to be, you know, ob, you know, morbidly, morbidly obese like I was, right? You could be 10, 20 pounds overweight. Everybody has that feeling. You know, I have a lot of buddies, oh, I got a dad bod, you know, things like taking your shirt off at the pool, obviously are embarrassing for a lot of people, right? Everybody can kind of relate to those things. Um, but like I said, some of the things that you enjoy the most as well um, that motivated me was the feeling when I did lose the weight, right? When I lost 200 pounds and sat in, in, in regular economy and it felt like I was in plush. I was in, you know, I was in first class and beyond. It was the most roomy seat. My wife was like, what are you talking? I was like, this is awesome. You know, I was like, I'm sitting in this seat. I have so much room. It was the most comfortable flight I've ever been on. 
I mean, those are the things, right? When you have those days, especially at first when you're struggling to think about and, and they start to, things start to click and you start to have those kind of victories. Um, as hard as they were, you can overcome those challenges and then see the benefits um, and, and start to enjoy things. I, I take take for granted and a lot of people take for granted um, are those those little things. Same thing like getting into a pair of jeans. I was a you know, 54, 56 waist. Uh, you know, I'm a 28, 30 now. Uh, and uh, actually, it's weird because I'm, I'm, I'm putting on lean muscle. So my, my quads are getting bigger and my jeans are getting tighter, which is a, a strange mental thing uh, a little bit yeah. uh, for me, right? It's, it's really weird to go the opposite direction. I've been losing weight for two and a half years. So now going up in, in weight is weird. But those are things that, you know what, I go at the end of the day, it is so worth it for me to compromise. Now, you don't have to sacrifice, right? That's the big thing. People always confuse dieting and sacrifice and misery. And really, if you get down to it, there's no sacrifice. It's a compromise. And everything's a compromise. Is popcorn at the movies worth it or, or is fitting in 28 you know, pant size worth it? And, and you've got to figure out what's worth it, right? Or, you know, and, and obviously, there's alternatives with foods that are close. But um, those are the things really, again, it, when you get into it that everybody can relate to. Everybody kinds of tends to have body images issues to some degree. I've never met somebody ever that I've sat and talked with who said, I'm happy with my body. I don't care who they are. I, and I worked with a lot of CTOs. I worked with a lot of different people, all kinds of you know, businesses, not one person. It, when you get to the, you know, the brass tax things, you talk to them and they'll tell you, yeah, I'm really, you know, I got to lose a couple pounds. And, and here these guys look like Adonis or you know, look amazing and nobody's happy with how they look. And you got to get used to that in general. Um, but when you start to look at the positive things and like I said, those compromises and start to enjoy the benefits of things, it really does help those days when your motivation or you just have those cravings or, you know, especially to begin with when you're getting things underway and your body's getting fat adapted, um, keeping those things in mind are really helpful. I really, really like that, man. Thinking of it as a, as a compromise instead of a sacrifice. I've never liked the idea of looking at any of the carb laden foods that I've given up as a sacrifice. And people will call them that. But then you're, when, you, when you think in, of it and view them as a sacrifice, you're already setting yourself up for failure because people by default don't like sacrificing things. So whenever they feel like they're sacrificing something, they're like <laughs> that much more likely to reach for it. It's so true. And, and you know, it's, it's amazing to me that, you know, when I talk to the majority of people that I talk to and, and I get, you know, a, uh, you know, 10 to 15 DMs a day from people. And a lot of people are starting. I, you know, I try to keep up with people um, to help them on their journey. Right. Cause everybody's different. Right. And everybody's got different stuff. But people get so hung up on that, right? They get so hung up on the sacrifice um, of one certain thing or, hey, you know, I really love beer. You know, I tell guys, all right, well, you know, there's a couple of things, you know, maybe keto's not for you if you like beer and fruit a whole lot, right? I mean, there's not a whole lot of alternatives there. But, you know, would you like to fit in your pants size? Would you like to have bacon and eggs in the morning? Would you like to have these uh, charcuterie board? Would you like to have, you know, steak with butter? There's other things there. And are you okay with that? Or are you so in love with your popcorn at the movies that, you know, you have, or, you know, that that's all you can have. And if you, if that's it, then this may not be the right program for you, or you may have to adjust it a little bit. Um, and, and it's just a different way of looking at it. And I said, I think as I've, you know, I still, there's no answer for everybody, right? There's no one size fits all with any program. Um, but for me, that definitely has helped is to look at things as compromises. Um, and, and one of my big things, um, has always been even on my my cravings like pizza right i was a big pizza guy bread guy uh i you know every once in a while i liked ice cream sweets things like that is to find those three to five 
um, alternatives, keto alternatives. They're at least a seven out of 10. They've got to taste, at least I figured it out. They have to taste at least a seven out of 10 for me to fill that craving. If they're like a three or four, it doesn't do it. I still want to go crush whatever the, you know, whatever it is that I wanted. Yeah. Um, but if I can find that and I, and I really focused on that for the first probably 75 pounds I lost was really finding really good recipes and finding through through folks on, on social media, mostly um, either, you know, we live in great times. You can either buy on Amazon or Whole Foods or, or you know, stores in the area, um, or you can um, make about anything uh, keto friendly, you know, um, uh, in, in the lifestyle, uh, if you look for it. And you have to sometimes try a couple recipes out, but there's pretty much alternatives for almost everything. Um, for the majority of things. And that's what I did. And I really think that was one of the big things too, that helped me along because I, I had pizza every Friday. We'd make the fat, fat head dough pizza. Uh, we had fat, uh, cookie dough fat bombs in our fridge with Lily's chocolate chips. That really helped me to begin with to, to get over that hump of cravings and get myself fat adapted. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've always, you know, looked at those foods as like stepping stones, basically like you use them to get into the diet and get adapted to like your, you know, missing that much less and then once you're adapted you you tend to notice you don't crave them near as much and you can kind of wean yourself off of them but i think using them as a stepping stone is totally totally fine especially you know the fewer barriers to entry to the diet the better um but i mean honestly figuring out different alternatives and substitutes and and kind of like getting creative in the kitchen like that's that's what half the fun is you know like you you jump into something and you have to kind of like experiment. That's that's enjoyable. And what what happens too? It happens exactly like you said. And I I'm going to say this because I, I never. It's one of those things. I wouldn't believe myself if I was telling myself this two years ago. But organically, it does happen. You stop craving it. It wasn't like one day I just said I'm not going to make cookie dough fat bombs or I'm not going to eat bread because I was buying like a lot of low carb bread. There's a place here in Raleigh. A bakery that we bought it from was great. It had like bagels and things like that. I used to be a big bread guy. And it just naturally, organically, those cravings stop. They slowly get out of your, your regiment, out of your routine. You slowly start to gravitate toward them until you just don't buy them anymore. I mean, I remember my wife, I said to her, I was like, you know, we, we haven't bought bread in like three months, which was really weird for us because, you know, I was a bread guy. I always had bread, everything, you know, bread on burgers, bread everything. It was bread. Um, and we just slowly stopped. And the same thing happened. Um, so like you said, they're good stepping stones, but I did spend the first, you know, all I did for the first hundred pounds, I would say that I lost is just focused on nutrition, um, and, and tweaking things like you said, and then learning what not, because it's just like a smoker or an alcoholic when you guys, you know, when I was never a smoker, but from what, you know, when you stop smoking, you know, if you ever seen somebody who has done it, like in the workplace, they don't know what to do with their hands. You know, they don't know what to do when they don't have that smoke and that nicotine, that thing to go to. It was the same thing mm -hmm. for me with eating. We went on vacation when we went on, I think it was like 20 pounds into the diet to, of, of loss. What do we do? I'm not, I'm not focused on where we're going to go out to eat. I'm not focused on drinking and going to eat, which is the two things when you go to like the Bahamas, you're like, oh, I'm going to have drinks by the pool and eat. And I was like, yeah, I could have rum and, you know, Coke Zero and rum is what I would typically have. But I, uh, what would I, you know, what are we going to do? And it was very interesting for me. And like you said, for us, a lot of the fun was getting into cooking, right? Learning different varieties of, of things to make, making, you know, Starbucks keto coffee cake and trying different recipes that this person or that person would post or um, trying different, you know, meats and trying different seasonings and things like that. And even I would say it brought my wife and I together 
Um, she wasn't on keto for a long time, but we were both able to cook and work together and um, be able to be together more. So it was definitely different, even for my kids and family, you know, it was a change up because they were used to us always going out to dinner together, always getting those appetizers, always getting the desserts. You know, we'd have a couple drinks if it was a bad week. Uh, and then, you know, that stuff all adds up. Um, and not only did we, you know, start being more creative at home with cooking and, and, and quality food, but we also saved money. And I think um, that's another surprising thing for people as well as they think keto is something that's expensive and you can only buy this and you have to buy organic that. But when you add it all up at the end of the day, it actually becomes pretty economical to, to, to live in the lifestyle as well, which was a surprise for us. Yeah, totally, totally agree, man. Especially like when you're looking at the, the cost per, you know, nutrient density and quality of the food, like you're saving quite a bit of money. Oh, actually. yeah, yeah. Um, Let's dive into a little bit of nuts and bolts here. So it's been about two and a half years and you've lost 200 pounds? Yeah, 217 pounds. And uh, But I've gained, yeah, so I guess I now I have to say 210 because I've gained seven pounds since starting Keto Carnivore. But uh, yeah, 217 total pounds was my weight loss on, on uh, Lazy Keto. And that's, that's I mean, <laughs> that's freaking awesome, man. Like, that's just a ton of weight. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Yeah, it, it's it's it literally the weird thing for me, and and it's just a mental thing, right? Even two years later, I still forget. You know, I, I will forget that I'm not 400 pounds. If I just posted on Instagram the other day, I did a hit training session. I was kind of giving an example of it, and it was one session. I still have a hard time doing box jumps, and it's purely a mental thing. I I'm I, my legs have become very strong. You know, I do a lot of uh, working and I, uh, Paul Jordan is my um, trainer and, and helps me with my nutrition as well. Um, but jumping is such a weird activity for me is the gravity weight thing. <laughs> it's just, it's so weird for me. And I, they laugh, you know, my buddies laugh at the gym because jumping, you know, when I was 400, that's 200 extra pounds on you, you know, um, that's a, mm -hmm. I was carrying another man, uh, on me at all times. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so like when I add, but I will think about it when I wear, like I'll go jog or trail jog with a weighted vest or something. And I'll think, you know, this is nothing. I had 200 pounds more on me, you know, at, at some time, but it is a purely a strange thing. Uh, when you think of how much weight that actually is and, and holding on your body every morning I get up now, I'm very grateful. And I think, you know, gosh, I, I, I can't, I can never go back there. You know, there's no way I'll ever go back there. And, um, you know, remembering the back aches and things, you got to make sure you don't forget though. It is easy to forget, but I, from a, a mental perspective, I still sometimes do forget that I'm, uh, much lighter, uh, than I used to be. How's your relationship with like food now? I feel like a lot of people that, that lose a lot of weight are almost, you know, like just incredibly scared to gain it back. So they have a, you know, an unhealthy relationship with food. I'm, I myself have struggled with that. Did, did you have that at all? Or did you have that at all? I, I did. Um, so, so I think to begin with, I, I would definitely say I, I did. I, I, it's, it's always an extreme fear, right? Um, for all of us who are foodies, um, just like an alcoholic, uh, you know, foodies are foodies and, uh, you know, it's a flip of the switch and usually it's by mental, you know, it's, you're great during the week when things are all good. We're in our routine, our, you know, our, our work hours are pretty steady. You know, we can be thrown a little bit of a, a curveball left and right, just a little bit. We're still okay. It's when things don't go. The, un, the unplanned, you know, hit from the left field comes out there and, and you're caught off guard. That's what I feared for a very long time because those are what always derailed me. I, I have lost 30 pounds before, 60, 100 pounds before, but it never sustained past six months. 
Um, I would always find myself, you know, I like a, I used to joke around about being a bear because once winter came, I stopped jogging. I stopped, you know, bringing my Wendy's plastic lettuce with grilled chicken to, to work every day and old habits started to creep in. So you always fear that, right? You fear that. How am I? Because it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to lose weight um, in general and keep it off. Um, I think some people genetically, right, are, are much uh, their bodies and their metabolism much better than others. Um, but but I th- over the years, I'll say I think I have gotten to a place of peace with eating. Um, it, it mm-hmm. has taken me, I think, two years. I think um, so. So the last you know six to eight months. Where I really am at a good place, um, I I really embrace the activity. I think my body has finally gotten to the point where it's working in harmony with what I'm eating. Uh, it's I've found things that are satiating to my to my body, so I'm full. I don't feel deprived, um, and I'm not again prior the prior, priority level of food has dropped significantly in what made my life right before a lot of my stress relief a lot of my life and my family life and social life involved food um that's become less now physical activity has become much more of a priority family activities have become more of a priority um even work and things that i can do outside i can do so much more and that mechanism as those things start to connect and your body starts feeling better, your joints start recovering, you start to you know, rebuild yourself, uh, you're able to do more, um, you start to come back out of that zombie mode and that fog that I think I was in for years um, of just work, 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 get some sleep to where I could, eat, get some pleasure out of food, and then you know, go right back at it. And it was just, you know, it's just a horrible way to be. So I think I've made some peace with it, um, but things scare me when there's change. So I'm still a guy who, you know, if I go out of town for too long, it makes me nervous. You know, what am I going to eat? You know, and I, I've learned what to eat at restaurants. I've learned what to eat out. It's not that hard, um, but it does scare me. I mean, even even um, my mentor, you know, Paul and I just had the discussion about it as well. And he talked about it uh, on Instagram a little bit is, you know, when you're, you're gone for a little bit, you're ready to come back to your routine, you know, uh, where you have your steak, you have your stuff all kind of set up, prepared and ready. Um, so it definitely is, uh, I think, something you always have to keep your guard up a little bit. But the stress of it and the, the, the guilt of it, I, I haven't felt. Um, and I think part of that too goes to what I said earlier about I, ne- I set myself up where I, you know, I found those things that I need um, that are alternatives. So I never need a cheat day. So I've never had one. I've never needed one. And, and I've just never felt the compulsion um, because when I wanted something, I could find something that, that was keto friendly enough that kept me in, in the right space uh, I needed to be to, to keep going. I totally agree, man. I think, um, you know, like like what we're saying about other addictions, like smoking and drinking, you know, smoking and drinking obviously just aren't healthy. So like, it's hard to quit, but when you, you, you do quit, you're, you're like, okay, this is, this is a good thing. Like I, I I can go without this, but with food, it's like you, you, you can't go without food, you know, like you have to have food. So it's, it's, I don't know. I've never been addicted to smoking or drinking, but I have been addicted to food and I would have to assume that it's a it's much more of a struggle because it is your life source. I mean, Absolutely. you have to have it. So you can't, you know, just flip that switch and avoid it completely. Um, but you know, the things that you fixate on the most are the things that you become much more likely to have a struggle with. And, you know, like when, when your whole life revolves around your next meal 
what you're going to have for that next meal, the flavor, where you're going to go, how much it's going to cost, and just like every little you know minute detail about the food you're putting in your mouth, it becomes very easy. I mean, you're you're basically setting yourself up for that addiction and that unhealthy relationship. Um, but with keto, it's it's I mean, it's funny, man. Like you get adapted, and you're 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 not constantly hungry. You're not constantly unfulfilled. I mean, you're much more in tune with your body. You know when you're hungry, so you eat when you're hungry, and you don't have to just fixate on it. You don't have to think about it all day long. And you get a lot more other stuff done. You can start living life. And that's it. I mean, I think that's the part that was made this a sustainable program for me. And again, you know, you'll, you'll hear me. I, I do every once in a while say diet and it's more just out of just bad habits, but it's a lifestyle and it's a program. And I totally agree with you. And that's, that's the big thing is you start to figure it out and you start to become much more in tune with what your body really needs as opposed to mentally what your body's telling you. Because I think you're fed on emotion. I was for years on food. I'd be fed on, you know, hey, I'm hungry because it's the end of the day and I just want to go crush wings and, you know, go have a couple drinks and, you know, do whatever, right? And and, and have that end of the night just to get out of the house and, and blow off steam by eating food creating that quick kind of, what is it, serotonin release, whatever it is that gives you that quick fix, right? Um, and then you'd feel miserable about yourself. And it's just this terrible emotional piece of it. Um, and so it's, again, I, I, as much emotional and mental as it is for fitness and nutrition. Um, absolutely has been, I think all three of those factors have to be addressed because I think they all coincide. All of us who are foodies, right? It's an addict type quality. Um, usually we shift one to the other. So I probably have taken some of that and moved it over to the fitness area, but it's a compromise, right? Which has been a good compromise. I'm mm -hmm. doing it in the right way, in a healthy way, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, beating myself up if I don't make it to the gym. Um, I'm much more in tune with my body and say, you know, if I need a rest day, I'm going to take a rest day. Um, and good thing I've got, like I said, a great trainer uh, who, who encourages that as well. I'm curious to get your opinion on this, man. When I was at the, the Metabolic Health Summit, they talked quite a bit about metabolic flexibility. So basically one's ability to switch from, you know, fats to, to sure. carbs and carbs to fat um, without any kind of negative recourse. For for you, you know, someone who's gone through a roller coaster with regards to their relationship with food and, and, and weight, I mean, do you feel like there would be any benefits to introducing those carbs or would that be more of like a trigger and a relapse kind of thing? To me, I, I guess for, I would have to find the reason why. I have enough sustainable energy. I have enough uh, muscle growth right now. Like I said, I have done in three months, gained seven pounds of muscle and dropped my body fat um, without you know, with under 10 carbs a day. So, uh, I eat a half avocado, uh, and then I eat my keto brick. So, <laughs> so the, that's the extent of my carbs. Uh, to be honest, I mean, outside of sometimes I'll have some heavy, you know, scoop uh, or a, a tablespoon of heavy cream or so in my uh, coffee. But, um, I guess it would be the need or the desire for it, um, to see what the benefits were. Now I did a Spartan race, um, back in, uh, August in Asheville, North Carolina, Carolina, which was one of my big bucket list milestones. I still, um, can't believe I did it, but I, I, I was, I was going to do it. And all I did it on was a keto brick. Um, and so, uh, there's not a need. I don't have, uh, metabolic need. I just finished all of my, my lipid panel. Uh, I go every three to six months to the doctor and I was a little more concerned because I've, I've started keto carnivore. I wanted to see how everything was. 
Um, and that's what I think they're so drawn to right now. I'm doing a lot with Duke University um, is I have the blood work of a 20-year-old athlete. athlete. Um, and I eat steak, probably a, at least a stick of butter, if not more a day, bacon almost every day, lots of coffee. <laughs> um, I drink, uh, you know, like I said, I eat lots of different kinds of meats, chopped meat, 27% fat, uh, chopped beef. Um, so what I'm eating, I'm totally energized. I sleep like a rock. Um, I get up in the morning and I get to the gym. I eat my fatty coffee in the morning. I do intermittent fasting now. Um, I'm testing it out. So I do it every other day. Uh, and that's working pretty well for me. But uh, I have never had such energy in my life. I run three to six miles on my active recovery day um, with no problem. Uh, and my weight continues to stabilize now, but grow. I mean, I'm, like I said, it's a bizarre thing because I'm growing. After two and a half years of losing weight, when you start to gain weight, it's a weird thing, right? Again, you, that is where if you mm -hmm. talk about a little bit of fear, it's a little bit strange. Um, uh, I was saying earlier, my, my pants are loose uh, on my waist, but now that I'm gaining more muscle weight um, through keto carnivore, my, my quads are growing like crazy. And uh, so they're getting tight in, in, my, in my quad section. So it's just, that's weird. Those feelings do kind of haunt you from before. And you do have to mentally go back and be like, no, this is good weight. You know, this is, this is good stuff. And, and really go back on your, how do you feel? How does your energy feel? How does your mood? How's your sleep? Um, how are you feeling in your clothes? Even though, yes, your quads feel, you know, your pants feel tight. How does the waistline fit? How's it fitting on your shoulders? Those kind of things. And you quickly come back down to earth and kind of can see the whole picture again. Yeah, I totally agree, man, on all fronts. I mean, it is it is a whole, you know, everything's symbiotic in nature. Everything has to, to fit. But, you know, like for you, you're obviously not suffering from, you know, lack of performance or adherence. I mean, what you're doing is, is totally 100% working for you. It's sustainable. It's enjoyable. And it's it's working. That's the thing. I, is it working? You know, and that's what I keep. The first question I'll say, Robert, is when I, people ask me, you know, am I doing this right? I said, well, is it working? Not not. How do you feel? You know, first question. How do you feel? How are you sleeping? How are you waking up in the morning? You know, how do you feel during the day about three o'clock when life throws you a curveball? How are you handling it? And when you ask those questions, right, you get those answers back. That really does help gauge if someone's program is really working. Because I've had people say, oh, I'm crushing it, I'm losing weight, blah, blah, blah. Three o'clock, you'd call them on the phone and say, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm beat. You know, I'm dead. <laughs> you hear they sound decimated mm -hmm. or they're exhausted or you could see they're moody, right? Um, and, and that's all okay, right? I mean, that life's going to be that way. Not every day is great. You know, people say to me all the time, oh, you look right. I say, yeah, there's still days. I feel like garbage. Yes, <laughs> days I wake up, I'm sore, I'm tired. Um, but I can tell you I have a whole lot better days in general, a whole lot, whole lot more better days rather uh, than, than bad days, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, um, you know, life is just, it's a brand new lease on life. And for anybody, like I said, if I can lose 200 pounds, somebody who has to lose 10, 20 pounds, it's should be a no brainer. You know, it should be, it's absolutely, um, they can get themselves there and outside of even the benefits of weight loss, just, just what everything everyone's seeing about sugar, um, and how bad it is for you, the effects on different areas of your body, effects on for different diseases and issues out there. I mean, there's just so many great documentaries about, um, you know, the studies on sugar. It's insane 
uh, what we're giving um, ourselves, even for my own children. I see such a difference in my two teenage girls. Um, they just kind of naturally picked up on less sugar since dad's been doing it. Uh, they've also been some of my biggest supporters. So I, I love them to death. They've been here since day one, walking with me, taking, you know, helping me walk down the road when I was going like a tenth of a mile down the road or when I was doing the Peloton, cheering me on and texting me to see, keep me accountable. Um, but it's just amazing, like I said, sugar in general, how um, the negative effect it has on folks. And the whole time I thought it was fat. I don't, I don't know about you, but I, when I was younger, we used to eat like the Snackwell cookies because they were all low fat. But we'd eat like three boxes of them between me and my brothers and <laughs> it didn't do yeah. anything for us. Yeah. yeah, we just kept getting bigger. No, it's, it's, you're absolutely right there, man. Speaking, speaking of your daughters, what, what was it like, um, you know, like when, when you were at your heaviest, like did they did they – view you differently, treat you differently versus now? Or? You know, I, I will say it's the, the great thing about my daughters um, is, is that, you know, they never knew me anything anyway different, right? Because I was pretty big. I lost weight, but I, at least from my perspective, you know, they were always just there for me, right? I, being their dad, they, they never, it was never a case for them one way or another, but they were always encouraging. I was always surprised even at a younger age, my kids, um, in different times, you know, it'd be like, dad, I want you around for a long time. And, and kind of like what we talked about earlier, I didn't, it was conscious, but I just, I didn't think I was going to be around for long. So I think even just joking around like, ah, oh, if daddy makes it kind of thing, you know, like, and I wouldn't say that serious or that bluntly, but they would pick up on stuff and they would say, dad, I want you around forever. You know, I want you to be healthy. And it would just be from little kids. I mean, it would always sit there and, um, and would weigh on me, um, little by little, um, over time. Uh, so, so yeah, they, they've just been incredible. And I think it's, it's great. Uh, this place called CrossFit Simplicity, um, is where I started doing some CrossFit when I started, once I finished doing, I started with cycling and then walking, jogging, and then I, I, I transferred into to CrossFit, but they've now started into, you know, more of a healthy lifestyle as well. And that's something I just, it's not that I didn't think about the health of my kids. Cause it, it sounds a cruel if you say that, um, but when you start a journey, it's always a very selfish one. Um, anybody who starts wants to look better in their clothes, right? Wants to feel better. Um, and it's all about what you, how you feel, how your emotions are, how your day is. But what you realize um, very quickly, um, I think, especially when I started losing like 20, 30 pounds, it's a much bigger picture. Um, when you start losing weight, you're doing this to be there for your kids when when they're older, to be there to help others, to be able to help your neighbor across the street, you know, pull their garbage can and to be able to do stuff that I didn't even think about because I used my weight as an excuse, right? So it becomes something much larger where you can give back, um, you can do more for others. And then, you know, even stuff like now, now my kids are doing CrossFit. They do, they have a girls empowered by movement class that they do at the CrossFit, um, CrossFit Simplicity they love. And my girls both joined that, started doing that. They love it. Um, so they go now. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. My wife's, you know, fully back into the gym. She worked with uh, Keto Coach Lauren, um, who actually lives right here in town with me. Uh, and it's, she worked with Lauren on a nutrition program and now does keto herself. So that made things a lot easier, obviously, for me at home uh, to, 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 since we're all kind of on the keto thing. But it really is a much larger picture. Um, and it's just bizarre. Like I said, everybody starts out. You can say it's for everybody else, but really you're doing it for yourself. Um, but you do, you do start to come to realize there's much bigger plans and not even, I'm not trying to be cheesy or sound spiritual here, but there's much bigger plans for yourself. Um, when you're dying at your desk and, and literally sitting there all the time, uh, in either pain and some type of chronic pain that you don't even realize when you're that heavy, um, as well as limited abilities and what you can do. 
um, once that burden is lifted, um, you realize how much more uh, there is to life, even outside of yourself and what you can do and the impact to others. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. No, I, I completely agree, man. And I don't want to take, take this to like a, a morbid turn here, but I'm going to say this just because it's on my mind. But when I was when I was really depressed, I mean, I, I don't know, I was somewhat you know, kind of suicidal okay. there for a second. And, I, and I, I've talked about that in prior, prior podcasts. And, you know, the reason that I think a lot of people that are, you know, in that dark place don't, you know, act upon it is because they recognize that that can be a very selfish thing because it's not just about you. You know, you've right. got your family, you've got your siblings, you've got your friends. There's so many other people who are so impacted by your actions, whether you are, you know, aware of it or not. And, you know, just as a suicidal person oftentimes recognizes that in in the, the moment of, of need there and, and doesn't commit the act and, and realizes that, okay, this is not just about me. You know, my life is more than just me. The same can be said for someone like Seth that, that was, you know, highly overweight. You've got your two daughters, you've got your, you know, your, your, your family, your friends, everybody that's you've ever touched or ever will touch. Like it's a much, much bigger picture than just you. So to allow yourself to you know, just give up and squander the opportunity of life that you have in front of you is is a very selfless thing. I mean, you have to just see things with a bigger picture in mind. That that alone can be the motivating factor that you know pushes you to be better. You're exactly right. I mean, and it's 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 becomes the motivation. You, at first, your motivation, like I said, is all material, kind of like you know the stuff, physical stuff, right? Um, but it becomes something much bigger because you, you're able to do more, and and you have this energy, not just the energy you have like to get up in the morning and you know do stuff around the house, but you have that internal energy on what you're going to do with your life. I've been very blessed. I I, I have had a very tough career, uh, early career, but. I was able to scale back at 39. So now I do investing. I was big. I was doing you know, global operations. It was 24-7, going, 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 going. And I was able to take a big step back um, after our uh, the business sold, the cloud computing business that I was in sold. I was able to take a step back and really re reorient my life. And, and again, with, with the combination of that and what I've done with my health, um, it really has given me that perspective of, you know, what else is there to do for others in, in life? And, you know, what am I doing? And, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And it, it is, it's, it's, there's so much more and you don't realize it, right? You become blinded by either the, the mental aspect of it, be it depression, be it weight, be it stresses of, you know, kids and home life and, you know, everything else and, and you know, all the marriage, whatever it is, right. That, that's bothering you. Um, when that's, you know, when that starts to come up and that curtain starts to lift, you start to look at the bigger issue and start to see how you, you really have and where you're going to focus your energy and how much bigger and how much others need your help too and how much ha people have been relying on you. That was one of the other things is how much um, I didn't realize, uh, you know, how much people needed me uh, in, in different ways, right? Not just you know, monetarily or just my immediate family, but how much um, even losing weight um, I was able to learn and then help to help others. It's, it's just been really great. It's been a really, really amazing thing, humbling thing uh, to say the least. Well, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been inspiring for me just to see your story. I mean, honestly, just like the first time I contacted you and we, we got on the phone, it's like the energy and zeal you have for life now. I mean, is is apparent after the first 30 seconds of talking with you, like nobody listening to this podcast right now can't say that you're inspired <laughs> up on life. And I, I, I can, 
I can only imagine that that was not the case when you were 400 plus pounds. But to hear you now, it's like, why would anybody not want to emulate what you've done? I mean, because you're clearly just like on fire right now. And I, I truly hope, I mean, that's the thing is I was the hopeless case, right? And, and it's probably, it, you know, I, I probably too, Robert, need to, need to give a shout out to, to, to Michael Dell. So, I, you know, this is one of the weird parts of the story um, that I, I think I shared with you personally, but I, I will share with for the podcast um, as well. So, you know, when I was at the top of my weight um, and, and uh, Michael Dell of Dell Computers, I, I, the EM, uh, the cloud computing company I was bought was bought by EMC, then was bought by Dell. And somehow or another, Michael Dell of Dell Computers um, heard that I was getting bariatric surgery and contacted me directly um, to say, do not do the bariatric surgery for this reason and that reason. Gave me a really good good reason and said, you know, look at low-carb, high-fat. That's what I do. And sent me to, I think it was like dietdoctor.com. And he said, you get yourself the two-week, you know, uh, free trial, check it out, blah, blah, blah. You'll look at it. I pr promise you don't do this. And, and so he did start me out on this whole thing. So I definitely have to give him a big shout out um, for an amazing man who has no reason to reach out to me, had no reason, um, you know, to go that extra mile with his busy schedule and everything else to, to do that. And then he still supports me to this day, which is very bizarre. Um, and, and it really left a big impact to me uh, to help others. Right. Um, I mean, for him to do that and to be that, uh, influential and busy and to, 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 to reach out to me and just, just to truly be helpful, just for no other reason to be like, do this. He, he supported me during the Spartan race. He was there to cheer me on, to encourage me, keep me accountable. Um, he was a really amazing, he is a really amazing man. Um, and so that was a, that was a big part of it, um, to begin with. And, and it's weird, you know, um, one of the things, and I know we're going a little, I'm going a little left and right here on the discussion, but uh, is sometimes it's, it does take something like that to somebody out of the dark, right? You hear from your family all the time, you know, lose weight or your doctor or, you know, close friends and family. And even some of my friends, I felt bad, right? Because I think they felt like I didn't listen to them because they were telling me to lose weight, don't do bariatric. And it's not that I didn't listen to them, but sometimes you need that stranger that somebody else who's done it or somebody else from outside to say, hey, try this, right? Give this a try. I don't know why, right? I, I don't know why that is, right, exactly. Maybe it's just you go on autopilot listening to people or... So, you know, in this, that's one thing that I've tried to hopefully help people know and that I'm going to continue to do. And this one of my big goals for this year is to just be in people's corner, right? Just to folks who are doing this, um, you know, it, it is such a life-changing thing and there's so much to life and there's so much we can be doing for each other again this keto community is amazing this way uh and there's also a lot of snake oil and stuff that we have to help people avoid right uh and, and kind of help them navigate the waters because i know i i had my supplements that didn't work and i tried my routines that didn't work um but i do believe uh, i found the recipe and i think we all kind of share this um, a way of doing things that works and, and is about compromise without the sacrifices. And uh, if, if I can get that message across and we can get that message across, um, it's amazing what life-changing things we can do. And it's, it's hard sometimes to believe it from your fam family and friends. I don't know why, you know, I, I don't know why that is. I, like I said, it's not that I didn't love them and care about them and care, you know, respect their uh, thoughts and opinions. 
Um, but for uh, myself, it, it took somebody out of the blue, giving me a shout and saying, hey, man, try this, do this. And I, I went with it and it worked. Do you happen to remember what he said, like what his reasoning was for not doing the bariatric? If like somebody listening is on the fence and considering it, do you? I'll, t- I'll say this, and, and I don't remember exactly, uh, trying to be careful how I say this, but basically in short, he just said a lot of people he knows um, don't, don't have success with bariatric surgery. And what I will say, um, and what I thought was interesting was when I was meeting with the folks at Duke, uh, the, the diet and fitness center, they said they have more people, um, have, you know, come back, uh, and gain more weight after their bariatric surgery. Um, so the success rate of that is very low. The restrictions and lifestyle and, and ex, you know, other issues that and complications that come into play. And I, I do think, and again, I'm not a doctor, so this is purely me just you know, shooting the breeze with you on this. But I do think when you go through something like bariatric or anything that's that quick fix, you never address the mental aspects of why you're eating and the emotional aspects of why you're eating. And everybody has something that does that. Again, for me, stress, um, you know, there was an addiction there for, from, from not only a chemical perspective of eating and what it probably did to my brain, but from an emotional family kind of cultural experience for my family's type of lifestyle, my friend's type of lifestyle, my stress lifestyle, work lifestyle. Those things have to be addressed. Otherwise, you're going to fall right back in line with the old categories. It's just your body's just going to naturally find itself right back there. And so, the, the, you know, finding something that's sustainable that works with your life, that it's not a program that you're working, but that it's working for you and working in your type of lifestyle and figuring that out, figuring out those compromises. That's what's going to make this work. And again, I don't want to say, you know, in five years, you may not call me and say, Matt, now I'm 500 pound Matt, right? And I'm, I'm, but, but two and a half years is a, a good amount of time. And I'm every day I'm improving. Every day I'm moving forward. Um, and I want to share this with everyone. I mean, it's so funny because you hear about the keto cult, right? And it, I get it. I totally get it because you want to see, you know, at the, at the gym, I'll go up to guys. I see people at the gym all the time and I don't interrupt them, but if they're walking out, you know, I'll just say, Hey man, you know, I'll see a guy. So today, for example, he was probably about a good 350, 400 pounds. Guy was working his ass off. I couldn't be more proud of him. That's stuff that motivates me. And I just went, Hey man, I was 415 pounds. Just keep going, man. You're going to do it. And he was like, you were, you were 400. I said, yeah. I said, two and a half years ago, man, I was right there with you. You're already head of the game. You're already here in the gym doing your thing. You know, if I could ever help you, give me a shout. I'm here in your corner. And that's the stuff we got to do. And that's the stuff that I think, um, you know, for folks like this, it's, it's getting in there. It's hard work, right? It's not a simple fix. And so the, anyways, in short, where I was going with this is basically the bariatric surgery, the quick fix. It seems to be, a, you know, a small majority that it works for. Um, and also, to be honest, I didn't want to look like a windsock. Um, one of the big goals I had was uh, I knew I was morbidly obese, and I knew that uh, any kind of major weight loss, um, you know, I see these shows, I watch the same shows everybody else does, and then when they're done, you know, it looks like they, you know, you take off your shirt and your, your rolls of just like a, <laughs> it just unrolls like a sheet, you know, your skin down to the floor. I really wanted to look okay. I wanted to have some lean muscle mass. Um, and that also takes time, right? It takes that, that, you know, working with the nutritional side. So first was the, you know, nutrition, then fitness and nutrition to make that balance um, along with the emotional side. 
And with a lot of times with bariatric um, surgery, it's just such a quick, rapid weight loss. It, it really can do some additional damage to your body and it doesn't, your body image doesn't quite get to you where you lose weight, but you don't, your body's not really where you want it to be. No, I, I totally agree, man. I feel like, you know, so much of, of how our body looks, how we perform, how we go about our day to day. I mean, it all, it all comes back to the mind. Like the, the mind is, 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 is the end all be all. Yep. And if you try and, you know, short change the mind and, and reach a different physical outcome without going through the mind, you're pretty much setting yourself up for failure. So it, the change has got to come there before it's going to come anywhere else. So I think, you know, doing it the way you did it is the way to go. And I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, you look a freaking amazing, man. So it obviously worked for you. Well, thank you. I, 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 I appreciate that, especially coming from you. I appreciate that big time. Um, like I said, I, I, I've had a lot of great support and a lot of good mentors and as well as a lot of people, it's funny because on Instagram, like I said, there's so many people, I can never thank everybody enough. Um, but there's so many people you learn from. I mean, I, I'm constantly learning from you guys and constantly thinking of things, but I, I do try to keep it in perspective, like for example, like that, you know, like a keto mojo or whatever anybody uses to test their glucose and ketone levels. I started to learn how to use that and found things in my program that, Hey, I had no idea this was throwing my glucose or insulin out of whack or this, you know, I didn't know this was throwing my ketones out of whack. So those are the type of things as I got more involved in it. And I tell people, don't, don't go too crazy about it. You know, kind of just do your thing, find your program, keep going. Um, later on, as you get into plateaus, real plateaus, um, then start looking, investigating into a little more sophistication into it. Um, but that was always my problem, right? I was always super extreme one way or another. This is the first time in my life I was not extreme. I was as lazy keto as they got. Um, it's just been since I've lost, once I lost the weight, I wanted to pivot into lean muscle mass. And that's where I really did need the help because I kept, I kept losing weight. I mean, to be honest with you, just, I couldn't, I didn't know what to do because I got down to 197. I thought, well, how do I keep, what do I do? You know, like, how do I now start to, I want to gain some more lean muscle mass. I was doing CrossFit, but I was kept losing and losing weight. And I was jog trailing. So that's when I um, met with Paul Jordan and uh, started working exclusively with him on, on his nutrition and, and uh, fitness program. Uh, and that really has been a big change for me. I've gained a lot of not only strength, but lean muscle in a very, very short amount of time um, and switched over to keto carnivore. Uh, and so far, so good. It's just simple, pretty, even simpler. I think, I think definitely it was great for me to go through the keto adaption first, but then going to keto carnivore mm -hmm. brick has been uh, super easy for me. We just need more bricks. Yeah, I mean, it's, we it's, just need more bricks, Robert. More brick production. Hey, hey, we're, we're doing a launch this Sunday, man. So I will be ready. Bricks. I've got the reminder. My wife's got the reminder. We're just we're just fighting over if we're gonna get the cookies and cream or the cinnamon crunch, or we're gonna get both. I think we're just gonna do both and just 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 do it because I haven't tried the cinnamon yet. So just rock it on. Yeah, definitely. The cinnamon one's pretty good, man. I think that's a. I don't know. It's it's like hit and miss. It's I, I think I, a lot of people that have you know, favorites of all three different flavors. So, I mean, there's a flavor out there for everybody, I guess. And, and I'm working and, on a new no, flavor right now. Oh, well, well, any hints? Is anything? I, any no, no, it's going to be a surprise. I can't oh, put man. that on air yet. <laughs> <laughs> this can't be the launch. Yeah. Well, you'll have to let me know when you're picking out the name. You, you know, the ones I have in mind. So, you know, I'm willing yes, to experiment. Yes. You let me know. I'm ready to be your <laughs> at any point in time. Um, oh, for sure, man. Well, I, I'd love I'd love to contribute to your journey with the bricks because I mean, what you're doing is working. So if the bricks if the bricks meet the criteria to keep keep you on your path, man, I, I'm proud of that. Oh man, thank you very much. And, th and like I said, I can't I can't thank you guys enough and and your crew. Um, not only like I said, I still. 
for me, you guys are not only have been super supportive, but I just love what you guys are doing. I love the way you do your business. I love the way, um, you know, the product that you guys have. There's, it's second to none. So it's just amazing. So thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, and good luck to you guys as well. I'm, I'm really uh, super, super happy about all that's going on with Keto Brick. And like I said, I'm a loyal, loyal fan. So always fly under your banner, my friend. I really appreciate that, man. I mean, those words right there and, and, and just the support that we get from, from you and others like you, I mean, that's that's 100% what motivates me to get up in the morning and do it all over again because, I mean, I'm just so incredibly grateful and feel blessed to have this opportunity in front of me. Yeah, that's awesome. We just got to get Paul Jordan on board. So, Paul, if you're listening to this, my friend, <laughs> we're going to keep – it's going to be funny. We're definitely including this in your in your keto carnivore program. But, yeah. Yeah, Paul. Paul's awesome, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you work with him. And it's working. I mean, he's 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 a rock star. He he is, and I and I don't mean to just plug him away, but but I mean honestly, he's been such above and beyond for me. Um, you know, I I, I talk to him regularly. Um, but for the pivot, you know, so once I lost the weight, um, I didn't know what to do because it is it is a different aspect, right? And it's a, a close balance when you're trying to lose weight, keep off, keep you know, burning body fat, but then gain lean muscle mass and. He really has been a, such a strong, strong um, mentor to me. Uh, like I said, I've gained seven pounds in three months, and um, the majority of that's been lean muscle. Like I, I literally, people uh, like people think I, they keep asking, "What do I take supplement wise? What do I take food wise?" Uh, because I'm growing so fast, it's just very bizarre. It's even bizarre for me, uh, but it legitimately is just keto carnivore keto bricks um and you know making sure now i am watching my macros a little closer with my fitness pal um in conjunction with his program and we've adjusted it a little bit here adjusted a little bit there uh and it's just where my body is just responding it's loving it so uh very cool stuff and and it's even like i said I just did my lipids with my doctor a week and a half ago and uh everything came back beautiful. Uh, I'm going to actually share my um, lipid panel online so folks can look at it. People ask me about that all the time. It always cracks me up. Uh, but uh, my good cholesterol has come up along with the, what they call the bad cholesterol. I don't really consider it bad cholesterol, um, but uh, they both have come up uh, together. But everything across the board has came in optimal levels. Like I said, I'm in better shape than I've ever been. And uh, my doctor told me if she didn't know I was 400 pounds and, and thank God my doctor has been super supportive since the beginning, since four and she's actually moving, unfortunately, uh, at the end of the next month, but she's been with me since the very beginning, following everything um, uh, along the journey with me. But she said she would think I was a, an athlete uh, at 20 uh, if she looked at it and didn't know uh, my history. So it's great. It's really amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, the the weight loss itself, you know, is, is is awesome. But like you like you're saying right now, I mean, your your blood work, your health, your your zeal for life, like your relationship with everybody you come in contact with. I mean, you're winning now, and you got your life back, and you you're just gonna keep getting better. So keep keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm proud of you, and I'm excited to keep watching your journey. Oh, thank you so much. Like I said, I I can't thank you enough. And like I said, the keto community has just been huge. I just hit five thousand followers on Instagram, which absolutely cracks me up that anybody wants to listen to anything I have to say, but hopefully it's helping. Right. And that's, that's what I'm here for. That's what we're here for. So it's super, super awesome. Thank you again for having me on your show as well. This is really cool.
Absolutely, man. Speaking of, where, where can people go to find you on Instagram? Sure. So I'm the low-carb, high-fat fella. Uh, low-carb, high-fat fella. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I actually just started my YouTube channel this week. Um, so I'll post most of like my archival videos and stuff like that out on there as well as some kind of like exclusive videos. I'm going to try to try to figure out what people want to hear. Um, uh, so I get a lot of questions and almost seems like a lot of the same type of questions. Lately, it's been a lot more on fitness and nutrition. So I'll try to focus a little bit more on that um, because people do ask, like you said, hey, now, you know, you're doing keto. Is it sustainable? And absolutely, is it sustainable? Um, like I said, I'm getting powerful workouts. I'm getting an amazing amount of lean muscle mass I'm putting on. There's a, it's a just great time to be uh, alive and a great time um, nutrition-wise. There's just so much options out there um, for the, the this lifestyle that literally give us so many um, variety, so much variety and things that just make us better and stronger and healthier and more energized. So real excited about that. But yeah, low carb, high fat fella, you can find me. Anybody can ping me if they if I can be in their corner or help them in any way. I'm always there. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I'll link out to those so people can find you easily. Awesome. And uh, watch the journey, man, because it's definitely worth watching. Thank you so much. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks, thanks for having me, Robert. Thanks, man. Take care, bud. Hey.